This is podcast four of five of the ACCA strategy series. Welcome to the Humanise the Numbers podcast series. Leaders, managers and owners of ambitious accounting firms sharing insights, successes and issues that will challenge you and connect you and your firm to the ways and means of transforming your firm's results. I don't think you can only focus on the numbers just like Paul said it's the whole person it's the whole business the whole journey it's it's more than just the numbers there's a lot more to it than that and unfortunately not every client understands that initially but as they get to know us they get to realize and then they get to see the magic happen as we say and they get to understand why we're asking these questions and how we can help them. I mean, yesterday I was having a conversation with one of the potential clients who said that he wants to work with us, but he's not yet there. He said that it's, it's a strategy, business plan. It sounds very big words, very complex words, but we do not want to make it complex. Necessary, but not co- in a simplest way. Where's the payoff for an accounting firm in getting absolute clarity on the values, the behavioral standards that are expected in their firm? On this podcast discussion, you'll hear from Cheryl and Poole and how the standards in their business, the values they have in their business impact on their lives as business owners, their team's lives and also their clients' lives. Let's go to that podcast discussion with Poole and Cheryl now. Hi, um, I'm Poole Ashraf um, and I'm founder of Gaines Accountants. Um, I started my accountancy career about 12 years ago and most of the time I've spent working with hospitality businesses. it's 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 I won't say I'm foodie, but it's my love of the culture that took me into hospitality industry beside being able to have opportunity to work with them. So I run a dedicated um, small team uh, at Gaines. We are quite close, very friendly, uh, open chilled environment in the office. Sometimes get does uh, it does get stressful. <laughs> Since we are accountants, we have to work with numbers and challenges, particularly during COVID time. But we still try to help each other. And um, we particularly work and niche into hospitality, short service sector, which is food and beverage businesses. Um, Initially, it was restaurants, um, cafes, but now we are moving into takeaway or, as we say, dark kitchen or cloud kitchen. I'm, I'm, I'm quite confident and I pride myself to say that um, we equally know hospitality industry as we know accountancy now um, by working with hospitality business owners, working through and helping them to overcome their real challenges and then exactly knowing what exactly they need to do in their businesses to make it successful. As we often hear, hospitality businesses are very challenging, but I equally see accountancy in the same way. So I'm, I'm proud to say that we have got to a stage where we understand both industries equally and glad to work together. Brilliant. Uh, can, before we move on to Sherpa, can you just give me an idea of what, what, your, your background before you founded Gaines? What, what, what scale, what type of accountancy firms did you um, develop your knowledge and your skills with? Sure. I started working with, um, uh, I started my career by working in a telecom industry. Right. So uh, in the central London, Waterloo, where I got most of my training. Then I moved right. into um, account- working for accountancy practices. Mm-hmm. Um, as you would imagine, as a trainee accountant moving to the next step of their um, accountancy. And then I started working as um, a freelance consultant for some time. And um, then working with quite a lot of different accountancy firms. And I chose to work with most most progressive firms. Um, when I started my accountancy training, 
the things were very different 12 years ago. We were not into zero. We were not into cloud space. It was, we were entering that space. Yeah. So I had that experience of transitioning from like debit and credits and quite desktop-based softwares mm. to completely cloud-based. Right. And then I would say I, I've been very, um, it, it's been a great opportunity for me to see both eras. Yeah, brilliant. And brilliant. Um, learn from that. Fantastic. Thank you very much. So, uh, Cheryl, if you would, uh, give us a little bit of background about yourself and your firm as well. Yeah, of course. So, hi, everyone. I'm Cheryl Sharp, um, the founder of Pink Pig Financials. Um, and actually, I started in the telecoms industry as well, oh, wow. um, in a business. Um, and similar to Paul, um, when I first started my career, God, about 18 years ago, um, Sage was the thing. Yeah. Um, everyone was on it, um, and that's how I learnt. Um, and then I actually went back a little bit and went to a company where they were still on paper records. Wow. So I've done the paper records, I've done the Sage, and then when I was in practice, um, that's when I fell in love with working with loads of different companies and actually helping them to get get more out of their businesses, really. Um, and then I set up on my own as Pink Pink Financials. Well, actually, going back a little bit, we was called CH Accountancy before then, so we've evolved ourselves. Right. Um, and from day one, I needed to have the flexibility of being digital, so I wanted a goal of being cloud-based from day one. Yeah. didn't quite happen as I wanted, but got there eventually. Cool. Um, How many in your team, Cheryl? So in my team, we're currently a team of four. Right. Um, in the next five weeks, we'll become a team of six, oh, right, which I'm okay. really excited about. Okay. Um, we predominantly work with parent-led companies. So being a mum myself, um, it kind of felt that natural step. I can interact with other parents. Um, initially, I worked mostly with mums, and that's now moving to both parents, yeah. um, quite often husband and wife companies. Um, but I think it's it helps me because I know exactly what their challenges are. I know that juggle of mum or children and a business and trying to fit in school runs and then working within school run time because mm. come three o'clock, you're running around like a headless chicken trying to get them to all the different clubs and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get where they're coming from and their struggles. And it's easy for both of us to sympathize with each other. Mm. Um, and one of our core values, I'm going to hit it already. Yeah, go for it. Understanding. Yeah. Um, because we do understand our clients and equally they understand where we're coming from. So if we say to them, Oh, got sports day that day. I can't actually do a meeting or something. They totally get it and they're mm. fine with it. Whereas mm. previously, I've found that's not always been the case. Mm. Let me um, let me dive into given that you've brought brought us straight to values, which is great because it's a key component of any successful strategy. If that's what we're um, setting the scene for, which is exactly what we're doing. The fact that you've recently interviewed a whole raft of people and narrowed that down to two people that are just starting with you. Explain to me, would you, Cheryl, how your, and I've looked on your website, so I know there are seven values there, how those values showed up in the interview process, if indeed they did at all? Yeah, they did. So initially we asked um, for videos from the candidates, and in there I wanted them to state how at least one of the values they live by um and then obviously that's helping us to get to know them a little bit better right. and throughout when we had a team meeting 
with each of the candidates so we could get to know them a little bit better we'd we'd ask them some things around our values we probably wouldn't make it as formal as how do you fit in with our value of x y or z kind of thing we kind of ask questions around it to get get it out of them without them realizing right um so we could understand and then of course just in general conversation we can understand and quite often i think because we're quite publicized what our values are and we use it in our hiring process yeah we find candidates will come to us and say well this is what i do that fits in with your values and it's it's really nice to see that that they go into that those links initially Right, so you've gone public on your website with the values. If a yeah. candidate's not referencing them, presumably that raises a question mark in your head as to whether they're serious about you, does it? Yeah, definitely, and and it helps to spot any red flags. So certain things people may say may be against one of our values, in which case at that point, I probably very rudely and shouldn't be, but I do switch off and just they get the red cross and it's move on to the next person. Next one, right. Do you, do you, so, finish, the, uh, do you finish the interview at that point, though? Sarah? Oh, yeah, of course I do, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you not really really gentle and kind and, and next no, for another 20 I, I minutes? I, I am gentle and kind, but at that point, um, we do kind of just... Work out how to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, we wrap it up, yeah. I'm not blunt and like, that's it, you're out the door kind of thing. We do just wrap it up quite... All right, so my, my next question to you, Cheryl, and I'm going to just have a quick chat with... Uh, I'll get Paul involved in this, but my next question is going to be about um, what, why value is so important. But before we get there, I just want to get uh, Paul's views on how values show up in your firm on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, quarter-to-quarter basis. What's, what, what, what's your views, so cool. for, for for us, when I say us, I, I mean all team. How many is in your team pool? We are five. You've got five, right? Okay, cool. Yeah. And um, so it's for customers, for team, for me, for everyone around us. It's, it's, it's all about people. It's people behind businesses, people behind the computers. And... Uh, Eventually, it's just for, for me, for, for gains, it's about people. Mm. And then when we talk about people, it's all about their beliefs, their attitudes, their, their behaviors. And that we need to make sure that, and, and we know that certainly there are differences. So values at that stage guide us who we want to work with, who we want to be part of in their businesses, who we want to build our community with. So values, I think, would be it for us is have at most value. This is something that leads us. For example, as um, Shirley was uh, talking about hiring, like I've um, I've um, I've got a new team member. Um, we had to replace uh, because of COVID. They are one of our team members. And what what I was looking for in in a member when I was hiring a team member. I mean, I would never call them an employee. I mean, I don't. It, it, it's it's kind of giving them some sort of respect or not making them feel like they are part of something they are not just here to work so i would i would not go by their technical skills their intellect i would go by who they are and mm. whether they fit within the firm whether they are committed to do what we want to do only then we can add value into their lives mm. beyond careers and they can bring value into our firm and beyond that the people we help because if it is having a wider impact than just helping a few businesses getting their accounts done and compliance done and maybe going into advisory. Yeah, yeah. We, you've said something very powerful, which is, you know, can, can we can we run our businesses so that all the people involved and, I mean, yes, yes, yes team members, yes, clients, and, and maybe the broader com- community feel part of something? Yes. So what, what, are, what, are, what are people part of 
in at Gaines? What what is the what's the core thing that you you folks stand for? It's about helping people achieve what they desire. Right. Which is much more beyond numbers, beyond money. I mean, we often talk about financial freedoms, uh, mental freedom, and um, time freedom. But it's not only these three things. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a mum, and I appreciate for me. Um, at times, there are certain things that matter. I mean, throughout my career of 12 years in accountancy, um, I see there have been a lot of changes. When I was, I was, when I was individual, and then I, when I became mum of young kids, and now mum of school-going kids, then this is a priority changes. As a result, my aims, my not ultimate goal, but my, I, I do require different things in at yeah. different stages of my life. And then we try to cater for those internally as well as externally. Mm. So if I have a mum working for me, we would want to accommodate their needs compared to if I have a trainee accountant working for us and we want to accommodate their maybe uh, their lifestyle. So it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's much more beyond that. It's, it's, as I said at the beginning, it's all about people. Yeah, it, it is. So I, I just want to recap there because you mentioned three freedoms. What were the three freedoms? That was a brilliant uh, piece. Go. Time freedom. Yeah. Money freedom and mental freedom. And I believe mental freedom is the top one that, I mean, if I would prioritize any of those, uh, out of any of those three, I would prioritize mental freedom. How come? Because it's my personal experience. I have, at points in my life, I had a lot of money. At point in time, I had a lot of time. But the mental freedom has always been a challenge. I mean, when you start working for, to get some money, then you sacrifice certain things that put pressure on you. On the right. other side, when you try to manage time, then you are somehow sacrificing some other things in your life. So it's managing the balance in your mind. Right. So ultimately, you achieve, you achieve satisfaction. You feel that you are somewhere that makes you happy. Is ultimately. I mean, we are living life and... We are doing business, not just, I mean, obviously people run their business for hobbies, but those are not real business. Sure. There are always people behind it and then it links to their cool. satisfaction, happiness. Cool. So that part of something is adding value to their lives so that they Absolutely. are actually contributing fully wholeheartedly to you and your business. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a three-way relationship among us. I always refer it to a triangle. I mean, three parties involved, not three-way relationship, three parties. I always refer it to as a triangle. One is firm, the other one is team, the third one is client. And we right. need to make sure all of these three parties keep everyone happy, contributing positively in, into each other's lives and goals. Brilliant. And so, therefore, the behavioral standards you have in your firm, the values that you set for your organization have to work for all three parts yeah. of the firm, the team and the clients. So, Cheryl, why, 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 values are, so, why, why are values so important to you and your, your business at Pink Pig? Um, I think the fact is very similar to Paul, actually, is you've got a purpose and your have team's... You? What's that then? My purpose is um, to provide for my family and uh, give them Fair. what they, they want out of life as well. Um, and our purpose for clients is to help them achieve what they want out of their, their um, businesses and their lives. And for us, I didn't just want to focus on the numbers and things like that. I wanted to build something bigger and I wanted to really feel like we had a purpose and that we was making a difference um, right. to people. And it's funny, my values have changed over time as I've changed as a person. Mm. And 
I think it's it, it's having those values gives me something to live by every day so and it helps me to um, make decisions um, it helps to hire and fire start I don't like saying staff either team members um, it, it helps with clients making sure we're working with who we want to work with and who fits in with our values I want my team to want to come to work not dread speaking to a client because they mm. don't fit with our values or they don't treat us very well or something like that mm. so we 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 also use our values with the clients as well, similar to Paul, and um, make sure that they fit with us as well, so that we don't, so that we can work better together. Mm. At the end of the day, mm. so so if I dropped into a team meeting, Cheryl, and asked the team to describe and and list out the seven values you got on your website, how, how well will they uh, be able to share them? They should be able to share them pretty well. I'd like to think they would, anyway. Um, <laughs> we do. We we do. Um, we we don't necessarily talk about them necessarily, as in, let's talk about this value today or that value today. But just in our everyday conversations, it's all around the things. It's it's just ingrained in us, um, and everything comes back to those values, really. And yeah, I'd like to think they they pretty mm. much know what they are see, off the top of their head. But okay, see, see, one one of the, one of the challenges because uh, yeah, I, I work with many accountancy firms over many years, and um, and one of the challenges in this value space and purpose space because those two things are connected, aren't they? Is yeah. it's like well, it's it's so difficult to get clarity on what they are and what yeah. you know that this you know use the the phrase part of something pool and, and Cheryl use the you know you've got to have a purpose you know very much a similar similar thing um but you know I've, I've gone to several firms and sat down with the leadership teams and gone right let's work out what we stand for here as a firm well you know what's the raison d'etre for this business and they go oh that's too hard Paul we, you know you know is, is there a real value payoff you know a hard-nosed cash money wealth payoff for getting clear on what you stand for what your purpose is do you think how would you respect how would you help me in those meetings where i think oh this is we've got to go here but they're not you know they're not necessarily getting it because it just feels either too airy-fairy in one way or too difficult in another what, what, what where's the payoff i think um for us as a small team, we needed to make sure we was all on the same page, more so than because no one can hide, no one can go and um, do something without some without us all knowing. Mm. So we all need to be on the same hymn sheet, really. So for me, that's that that's what is key is making yeah. sure that we're all on the same hymn sheet. So that's why probably we don't do it as formally as such, but we all know what the end goal is, where the end result is and where we're going and how we're going to do it because mm. that's what makes you gel as a team. Cool. For, us, for, for us, I mean, we live and breathe. I mean, I can't make people to remember our values. The only way I can make people to remember is first they are on the same page and that's what we do when we get any clients on board or when we get any team member on board mm. and then we live and breathe every day i mean our values are not very long less complicated it's just three simple words having clarity whether you are a client you need to have clarity of what you are what, why you are doing business what's the reason core reason behind it as mm. a team member you need to know why you're working with gains and as a firm we need to know what role do we want to play and that is having an impact a positive impact in on our community 
than effectiveness. Everything that we do in our lives, including in our businesses, must be effective. Otherwise, in such a busy world, we are not utilizing our resources and time efficiently. So we need to make it effective. And then empowering. And that's being part of every day that we do something, whether we spend money, whether we spend our knowledge, whether we share something, it should empower you and others. Mm -hmm. And we live and breathe. I mean, simply, we do not... Um, we do not use these words every day, but certainly we share. Does client know this? They don't know. It's okay whether it's part of the engagement or not. Let's educate them. And I have been saying over the past 12 months after having a lot of planning marketing campaigns, everyone I meet, I say, I'm not there. I do not want to make sales or generate sales. This All I want to do is educate people, create awareness. And that's the only way I can get right kind of clients coming on board. Mm. Um, I do not want people who are not ready to learn mm. because for me, knowledge is a power. So have I got the three words right, uh, Paul? Clarity, impact and empowering. Clarity, effectiveness and empowerment. Effectiveness, sorry. Right, brilliant. Okay, so um, have you ever um, asked a client to leave because they contradicted your values? Yes. Not very long ago, recently. Oh, okay. So uh, 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 how did that pan out then? What, what, what happened and how did you resolve it? So we, uh, we started working with them recently um, and it's, um, but what we found is that they were not aligned. They, were, they wanted to do things very fast. They did not want to have clarity over what actually they want to achieve before taking any actions. And that was some sort of hindrance in how we can make everything effective, every mm. action that we do for them or whether they do it in their business. Mm. As, a, as a result, despite our extensive efforts, they could not see the value we were bringing into their, into their business. Mm. And whether it's a client or team or even myself, I would immediately disengage where we are not adding value into any of these three parties. Mm. Brilliant. So it's, 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 it's together. Yeah, yeah, so I get that. So how, how can you be effective if you're not clear on what you're doing or why you're doing it? Exactly. And therefore, if you've not got both clarity and effectiveness, you, there's no way you're going to be empowering anybody, are you? Absolutely. And so you kicked them out. Did you kick this client out? Obviously, we didn't <laughs> kick them out. <laughs> we politely said that where we are, what we are thinking, and we, right. we suggested them they might be better off working with someone else. So you us. politely kicked them out then? Well done you, well done you, well done you. Cheryl, what about you? What, you know, any experience of either a client or a team member that actually didn't stack up to your values and that you've, um, you know, politely and, you know, professionally like pool asked them to go as opposed to my style, which is just kick them out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, not directly as such, but we, we there's some that we've noticed. One of our um, values is continuous improvement. Mm. And we we have lived by this quite a bit, especially in the last um, few years where we've been improving our processes and things. And we've found that some clients don't want to move with us. Mm. Um, they're quite happy to do it the same way they've always done it. Yeah. Um, so naturally, that relationship has got to come to an end because we're not still doing it that way. We're doing it this way and right. this way. And obviously, we would... That sounds a bit we're, we're, like my way or the highway, Cheryl, that. It, yeah, I was just about to say, it does sound like that. Um, obviously, we try and educate them as to why we're doing it this way, what what the benefit is, um, mm. and 
why we've changed and why we won't do it the old way mm. because it's of a benefit to them um, and to us because obviously we want that understanding both ways as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, there has been a few occasions where it has felt like my way at the highway but at the end of the day, we're doing this for a reason and we're improving for a reason and if they're not willing to see that and benefit from it, yeah. ultimately, then th- there's going to be friction there. So why continue the relationship right so you've both there by definition limited the uh, revenues and profits of the business by one client in this case because they didn't fit with your behavioral standards the way you wanted to work with them Mm -hmm. where's the payoff of that where's where's the benefit of that for me i see it is if you're disengaging with one client that doesn't quite fit you're making room for a Making More space. clients who do fit. So you yeah. are making... Yeah, because initially, at one point, I was very like, oh, I can't let them go because we can't afford to. But then, yeah, I've had a very, very shift in my mindset, very big shift, and I can see now you are making space for those who are more aligned. Yeah, there's a, there's a great line, I think it's from um, uh, either Paul Dunn or Ron Baker, I can't remember which, and this is for, you know... Every, Every client you work with, every hour you invest in the client you, that doesn't fit is an hour you can't invest in someone who does fit. And so, you know, you're disenfranchising your team, your clients, yourself, and the, uh, you know, what really matters. Um, Phil, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, okay, so you, you're actually restricting the revenue, the fees, and the growth of your business because you're actually asking politely and professionally a client to uh, perhaps find another accountant. Um, I don't think so. I have a different opinion. I'm not restricting. I'm opening opportunities better and more. Because if there is a friction, that means that both parties would not get any value. And the value, we cannot only put it into monetary value. I mean, for me, time is of more importance than money. So if we are saving their time and our time, yeah. then we are playing smart. We are making room to make more money. And, and that has happened actually at GAINS. We started working with almost everyone. Then we gradually found our ways. Because we had to build the practice, we had to build resources to survive. And mm. then what I found is now the more and more we are, I won't say we are picky, but the more we find aligned and people who fit within, our, uh, within the way we work, then the more benefit we can give to them. And then we, have, we are growing at a much faster pace, mm. more um, joyably. We, I mean, one of the things I use in, during my interview calls and uh, meetings is say, with our clients and most leave with our team is I want everyone to wake up and say yeehaw we are going to work yeehaw. not <laughs> yes we are going to work we are not it's not like oh it's another working day mm. so you need to feel motivated I mean I discourage any sort of demotivation among our clients and our team mm. that makes me come to work very good, very good. Well, let, let, let's just shift this to clients then. So to begin with, let's just have a couple of numbers. So total number of business clients. How many have you got, Pool? How many have you got, Shell? We've got um, about 80. You, you're, you've got 80 clients, Pool? Brilliant. But the clients we have are kind of multiple side business. Hospitality businesses are not like one business and that's it. They would have three, four, five different, different locations. Outlets. Yeah, 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 of course. Exactly. So like multiple businesses within one unit. Yes. But you've got 80 of those. Yes. Great stuff, Cheryl. We've got about 94, I think, on our books at the moment. Okay, okay. So I just, I, I, I wonder if you can point to a client that either does or does not have a crystal clear set of values and the challenges and problems that the client 
has as a consequence of not working this out. And that's all. There's the clients who've worked it out and they get the upside benefits. There's clients who haven't worked it out and they're getting the downside results of that. So I just wanted to see if you can think of a client who's maybe struggling without naming them clearly because they haven't nailed the values and a client who's succeeding because they have. What, um, where, where, where can we go with this? What story would you like to tell us? I mean, uh, my personal experience with the hospitality industry is that, yes, they are in serious trouble with team members because they haven't locked their values. And as soon as they lock it, I mean, one of our oldest clients I've been working with, I see that as soon as they are clear what they want to achieve, how they want to achieve, what are their business values, then they start to they, they immediately start retaining their stuff. And as we know, hospitality before COVID was mainly human resource-based industry. Mm -hmm. Now it's still changing. Um, it's very important for hospitality businesses to have staff retention, at mm -hmm. least for the key management staff retention. Yeah. And what, what I've recently, one of the examples I would like to use, one of our clients, massive business potential. Everything was restricted. Even they had to reduce. I mean, they joined us fairly recently in 2021. Before that, they were working with general accountants, um, and they were not getting that sort of insight and value from their general accountants that we add. We are now adding it, and the journey. I will just explain that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not. It's, it's we understand it, and the understanding makes a huge difference. So what happened was that they were struggling to retain uh, staff members. The business was picking up through dark kitchen, through online sales. Mm -hmm. But they had to restrict their operations. They had to reduce their working um, opening times. They had to reduce their deliveries. And at one point, they had to even close their online operations, which was the core of the business for survival. Mm -hmm. And purely because they didn't know exactly what they wanted to achieve. What are, what's the business about? What are the core values of the business? How they want to work? Therefore, they could not bring everyone onto the same table. Everyone was doing things in a split way. And business was not getting anything out of it. It's, it's a high staff turnover. Mm. Now, what we did is we had a few conversations with, it, with them. Even it was beyond our engagement uh, but as, a, as a help because we, during the COVID, we've been wholeheartedly helping hospitality businesses. So we, were, we had a few discussions and we unlocked quite a few things after having, I mean, they understood what exactly was the problem, where they were going wrong, wh mm. what is the business about, what, is, mm. what are the potentials. And it's, it all at the end goes back to their, their understanding and their assumptions and beliefs in one way mm. that we help them to understand clearly and then do things in a way now they are on set to grow in 2021. So it, it's perhaps a bit early to point to whether it's re made a real difference sustainably over time, but your sense is that they're in a better place now than they were. They have made a difference. They have, they have um, now they were based on two outlets. They have opened the third one. Right. In a short period of time. So we can already see things are moving. They are, open, they are set to open their operations. They are in preparation of opening their online operations again at right. a bigger level. Right. Okay, it's there was there was a point you made in there, Paul, about we're talking about purpose and values, mainly values, but ultimately they result in the behaviours. It's the things people exactly. do that you know. It's not what they say, is it? It's what people do that determines whether they live in the values or not. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It, it all comes from having clarity over, over 
why you are in the business what are yeah. how you want to do things as a business owner well there's two big questions then is why what's your purpose how they're your values isn't yes. it? that's the, yeah, they're the exactly. two 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 big questions um, and interesting that yes it's not normal the normal remit of an accountant is it to have a conversation about values and purpose or is it i, I would argue that maybe that's where the profession is heading I would say certainly this is this is the future of profession. I mean, uh, we are often seen as an accountant. I mean, uh, uh, pardon me if I'm speaking on behalf of others and they disagree, but we have much more power than than just cl- uh, cr- crunching some numbers. Hmm. And why shouldn't we use it? And I think this is uh, when we talk about advisory. I feel it. This is what we need to do beyond just management reporting and beyond yes that's necessary absolutely i don't disagree but then getting to the bottom of it i often seen over the past 12 to 18 months that we provide advisory mm-hmm. some sort of reports won't make much difference until we go down into the exactly how and why you want to do things yeah and actually help your clients to make decisions and therefore do something which yes. then results in taking actions which then exactly. results in you having an accountability conversation and then all of a sudden we're not behaving like an accountant we're behaving as an advisor which actually Absolutely. the two together is where the real power is that's um, um I, I i got into working with a profession you know 18 plus years ago because of my experience as a, a business owner two times working with accountants who um gave me reports that i didn't understand Exactly, and it's like, well, what's the, where's the value in an accountant who just gives me reports that I don't understand? I don't, exactly, you know. So, um, thanks, Bill. That was brilliant, Cheryl. Example of a client who either has or has not nailed the values and the impact it's had on their business. Yeah, I was trying to think of one in particular to speak about, um, and I think it comes back to one that is probably one of my longest-serving clients, really. And um, when I first met her, she kind of had an idea what she wanted, who she was, where she was going, and but hadn't really nailed it. And she kind of went around the houses, did a little bit, did quite well. Um, and then all of a sudden, I don't really know what happened, but things started to go quite badly. And her business got smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I don't know if she lost the love for it or what, but for a while she was just plodding along aimlessly. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and then, yeah, then she kind of got some clarity of what she wanted out of her business. She got some clarity. I'm going back to clarity now. Yeah, clarity. She should be on, working with Paul, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, clarity on what she, who she was, and who her customers was, and what service she actually wanted to give. And I think that was the biggest part of it is what service she wanted to give, um, because her industry was changing in social, well, in marketing in general. Yeah. Um, the industry was changing and what she started off with and I think well that's where she realized is what she was offering wasn't needed anymore because the market was oversaturated so she changed her offering really defined who she was as a person her values her purpose what she wanted out of her business what she wanted to do um how she wanted to do it who she wanted to work with and as soon as she'd made those like really got those clear and put down onto paper her business just completely turned around fairly overnight and she, yeah her business is absolutely thriving now um two years later she's just growing and growing and growing and it's mm. so lovely to see it's, i bet it is if you've worked with her for a long time yeah it really is and it's it's, it's amazing it's life-changing i think it's 
I know that's a really bold statement, but it is. Once you actually know where you're going and what you want mm. and who you are and who you want to work with, I think it just it makes all the difference. I don't feel you can grow as a person or grow as a business until you know exactly what you're doing and how yeah. you're going to do it. Yeah. So how, how, how do you... What sort of conversations, what sort of questions do you ask clients to help them establish what their values are and what their purpose is? Um... So we've got a set set of questions, but I've read, I usually go off completely off script with them. Off script, okay. Um, (laughs) We kind of just have a conversation and I ask, I usually kind of ask, so what's the dream? What do you want out of life? Where do you see yourself? Hmm. And then the conversation just goes from there and every single conversation is different and then it's just listening out for those little cues of little things and sometimes they don't even realize it themselves and it's just those little aha moments I mean I have it all the time with my my own coach when she's digging deeper Um, and I've probably actually learned quite a lot of techniques from her as well to question and go but what about this or what about that or what if what Mm. if is a brilliant one she's taught me what if there was no barriers what if yeah, there was no um issue of money no issue of time um yeah right. what if you could have whatever you want in life what is it what you want yeah, and yeah. just giving them options and sometimes i think it's things they don't even think about mm. that they actually is what they want or they're just maybe too scared to say it mm. um so yeah but you've got to build that trust first haven't you so it's it's hard well, we to pick to... it out. So it could take quite a while to do. Some of them we're not actually getting those juicy things out of, maybe until two or three years down the line because mm. they're not so open initially. So it is like peeling layers off of yeah, them, really. Yeah, the proverbial onion, like Shrek. Yes. Yep. Uh, it is from Shrek, that, isn't it? If I forgot that right. So it talks about peeling the onions. So if you've got children, you must have watched Shrek. If you haven't, yeah. you've got to watch Shrek. It's like the only parent that probably hasn't. That's all right. It's very funny. Um, <laughs> Uh, so it was one of my kids' favourites. It was, um, but you're right, Cheryl. There is that um, you can only help those who want helping. Yeah, definitely. Um, and if you stay in the race, and they, you know, they match in your values and, and fit with your business, then you, you you play the long game with that. And if you're consistently asking those questions over time without being too overzealous and rude, um, it it eventually maybe you'll establish the trust that uh, that that comes with time because trust is, or yeah, it requires time, doesn't it? It's not something that happens in one meeting with one business owner. It doesn't. But there there was a point there, Cheryl, about um, the questions talking about the goals and vision of a business owner as opposed to something which is very different, which is the purpose Mm -hmm. and values of a business. Um, have you have you got um, are, the, are the particular questions that focus in on you know what people stand for? Is that, is, is that scripted? Even if you do go off script? Yeah, no, I haven't kind of scripted that. It, well, I normally find it comes out as part of the general conversation. Um, the goals and the vision. Yeah, the goals and the vision. So it kind of then goes from there. When we do do business planning meetings quite often I will ask specific questions in right what are your goals what do you stand for Mm. what are your what is your purpose and we'll get to go into that a bit further do you not Um, get quizzical looks when you ask that you know what do you stand for what's your purpose do you not see them go I don't I just don't know yeah sometimes (laughs) sometimes it's really like yeah they haven't got a clue what I'm talking about and Mm. even more so like "Uh, you're not meant to deal with this you're meant to be dealing with numbers and I'm like yeah I know but this is how we get 
to the numbers side of it. It's mm. you can't. I, I don't think you can only focus on the numbers. Just like Paul said, you, it's the whole person, it's the whole business, the whole journey. It's it's more than just the numbers. There's a lot more to it than that. And unfortunately, not every client understands that initially but as they get to know us they get to realize and then they get to see the magic happen as we mm. say and they get to understand why we're asking these questions and how brilliant. we can help them brilliant That's, that was gold dust thank you cheryl uh, cool what's your process for engaging look accountants typically and if I, I don't mean to offend anybody typically are uncomfortable with ambiguity so asking a question they don't know what the answer is going to be about you know goals vision purpose values all those strategic style questions you know some accountants feel uncomfortable with that there's a high degree of uncertainty attached to it so what, what do you do to um, overcome that pool in your business we have trained ourselves you're absolutely right. It was very difficult at the beginning to ask people questions which we think are unrelated to numbers or we are not engaging to ask that sort of questions. But we understood that this, if we want to impact our clients' business positively, if we want to add value, if we want to offer them solution rather than a service, and I often say we do not provide service, we provide a solution to your problems. Mm. then we have to go into those kind of conversations. We have to raise those questions. And for us, typically, I mean, uh, even before we engage, during our initial conversations, we would we start with two, I mean, related to purpose and values, we, we would start with two key questions. What are your goals? What are your challenges? And we go in the reverse order. They would say, for example, often from hospitality industry, we say that VAT is a bill that they often fall behind to pay and then we start digging into it and then it often ends up where we they understand how why what of their businesses and eventually purpose and values and why things are going wrong what they are so hang on, hang on hang on hang on hang on hang on hang on so so we're having a conversation about vat problems and it turns into a conversation about their purpose and goals yes how do, how do you manage that one? So often, I mean, this is one of the common problems I hear that um, they are, VAT is, is, is something that takes their um, profits away. I mean, margins are anyway quite slim. And then sure. and then we start, why do you think so? Have you checked your numbers? No, we, we, we know on a rough basis, okay. Then now, what do you mean? Are these close to what exactly should happen? Is a VAT real problem or is it that you don't save up enough or you use that VAT? Um, yes, we kind of manage cash flow to save up for VAT or keep it on the side, but it actually doesn't happen. Okay, and then how do you manage cash flow? It, it's not regular because we are so busy working. It's, it's quite dynamic, and if we have busy, okay. But why do you work in your business? Why when you have full team to manage your business? But it happens during busy time. Okay, then there is some some sort of operational things that you need to do. Okay, our operations are fine, and then it leads into like how you have set up operations. And if you have set up operations that way, why have you set up operations in that way? Because that's how I started business. But it does not necessarily mean that how you should do it. And why did you start a business in this way? Did you actually want to do this? No, I wanted to do this. This is what I have planned. But things have changed on uh, through the way. And then and the, uh, by the end of the conversation, and it typically takes, I mean, we plan 15 minutes, but typically such kind of long conversations not happen with every client, but who sure. is entrusted. 
ends up in 30 minutes i almost get to a point where i understand why they are doing things wrong and whether they have realized not even locking and having clarity of it is something completely different have they realized why they started how they wanted to do and what's going exactly wrong yeah brilliant brilliant so so here we got i, th- I think that's genius um you've got to focus on uh, their challenges and their goals but we they they throw up a challenge to vat and and the conversation goes from vat to profits to cash flow operating systems or processes for managing the cash flow why you're involved is that how you wanted to set up the business in the first place no it's not yeah, what did you want and then all of a sudden you've gone from vat and three or four or five steps to a place where they're share, bearing their soul on why they set the business up in the first place exactly i mean Brilliant. if, if i Brilliant. say it's strategy strategy i mean yesterday i was having a conversation with one of the potential client who said that he wants to work with us but he's not yet there he said that it's it's a strategy business plan it sounds very big words very complex words but we do not want to make it complex necessary but not co- in a simplest way brilliant brilliant so i'm just capturing notes i'm just sorry if i'm uh, delayed it's just uh, there's, there's so many great comments here so um we've got um a, a stra- there's a, a, a strategy for pink pig i'm guessing and there's a strategy for, for for gains and if there is a strategy we've got a crystal clear vision of the future of your business what is it so at gains we we want to have i mean obviously if you say i want to have a impact on businesses it's a very big thing to say and i'm to be honest i'm still working through to what extent we can make an impact and to for how many businesses but what we want for the next so i set plans and stages our first immediate goal over the next 3 years is to have a bigger impact on hospitality businesses restaurants cafes and takeaway and help them transit from human resource based industry to more technological based industry as we see the transition because mm. i've gone through that and then for gains the strategy is to have automated digitized workflow to give um well informed decision making power to our clients and support them on their journey to achieve what they want to support i see our success through success of our clients mm. brilliant brilliant but it's it's great that you start that piece with uh, it, it's sort of work in progress but we've got a sort of vision and then you say very bluntly it's uh, an auto digitized workflow process and that we have a bigger impact on our clients so that they move from HR to tech and then um it's it's the gap in the clients. market absolutely mm. sorry to interrupt you. it's it's a gap i've right? seen a big gap in the market that i want to fill in for hospitality i mean i might be naive to say that but i have research industry and to the extent i have researched it i haven't seen any any Uh, any any organization related to numbers whether financial advisors accountants tax advisors or management advisors mm-hmm. offering the kind of service that actually hospitality businesses need which is mm-hmm. having weekly clarity and having operational efficiency over their numbers over what's happening in the business and that's yeah. the gap we want to bridge we often see either management Brilliant. tax or business and we are yeah. just bringing everything together for them yeah yeah you know uh, re- retail and hospitality it's a weekly business isn't it yes. there's a weekly rhythm to it just Absolutely. in my view it's the same with accountants by the way i think there's a weekly rhythm to accountancy not monthly or quarterly it's weekly or possibly daily depending on your perspective uh, but the fact that you set out something which is very close to my heart pool our role 
is to help our clients make well-informed decisions. Yes. The accountancy work enables that. Where's the yes. value in the accountancy or in the well-informed decision? It's, it's in the well-informed. I love that. Bill. Absolutely. I love that. Well done. Well done. What's yours, Cheryl? Um, big thing is to help our clients do the things they love with the people they love. Um, that's one thing that we are really key and focus on and trying to lead by example a little bit to show that it is possible. Um, it is possible to run a family and also achieve your goals. And mm. I've got quite a few personal goals. I've got very one very big one that we're working towards and hoping to achieve in the next two years. Um, and I think the fact that I can... I can work towards my goals helps me then in turn to help clients work towards their goals um, and I'm also helping my team to work to their goals so they've got things they want to achieve they've got things they want to do and thankfully all of our goals are aligned yeah good <laughs> so made sure we're part of that part of the interview process that our goals are all aligned and it's helping them to grow as well so we've been a very small team up until now and growing and seeing where they're going is is been amazing and yeah, yeah, yeah. giving my team the opportunity to have a career around their children is really key I think as well because what I found especially when I had my children and was trying to find work there wasn't the availability there there wasn't mm. the opportunities so being able to give that back to other working mums that do want only want to work part-time but they've got such fabulous skill sets and are often overlooked um so it's yeah it's all about helping everyone achieve their goals and make sure that they're all working towards what they want out of life and and actually enjoying life yeah Yeah, what a great way to uh to finish a podcast discussion about humanize the numbers with a strategic focus when we end up talking about you know love what you're doing love where you're going love the journey you're on and um the point you've made there cheryl about leading by example you know if if we don't then it's a falsehood isn't it you've got to be real and authentic and that's very clear from the discussions today that you you two are both very much leading by example and uh, driving uh, your businesses and actually i would suggest maybe even leading the profession a little in this um softer space which is more meaningful conversations in order to help our clients make bigger and better decisions and uh, thank you for reassuring me I, I, I set this business up 14 years ago and my goal was to have every school holiday off with the kids which is what we did and the kids have now all left home and we still have all the school holidays off <laughs> Um, nice. Which is which has li- limited, you know, limited the uh, performance of the business. Um, however, you know, there's a life to be lived, which is part yes. of the business, which we love. And one of my values is wholehearted. And if you can't do it wholehearted, then why would you want to be uh, in business? And um, uh, Cheryl, Paul, I've loved this today. Thank you very, very much. I really appreciate you taking time out and uh, sharing us or sharing your views and thoughts on their purpose values and that whole strategic setting of our businesses, your businesses and the clients as well. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Happiness. Yeah, it's been yeah. a pleasure. Thank you, Paul. You'll find more valuable discussions with the leaders of ambitious accounting firms at humanisethenumbers.online. Go to the show notes for this podcast and click the link to get access to the full series on strategy for accountants. You can also sign up to be notified each time a new podcast is made available.